What's up, guys? Combat Addict here. Um, as you can see, the location is 100% the same. We have not moved locations at all. Uh, if you're seeing anything different about the background uh, that you usually don't see, you need to go to the hospital because everything is completely the same and I didn't move houses entirely. Uh, anyways, welcome to another edition of the Combat Review, the podcast where we talk about the UFC and MMA. And uh, first thing we'll just start off with, we'll start off with the highlights. Um, huge highlights from Sean Strickland with the KO victory over Brendan Allen, a contender series alumni uh in the second round i mean brendan allen kept walking into punches over and over and over again so it's only a matter of time before one of them stings but honestly that knockout was so sporadic i did not see it coming at all sean strickland hit him with that right hand and shut the lights out very abruptly there was no lead up to that at all <laughs> Anyways, Strickland stiffened him up like a board, or didn't stiffen him up like a board, but almost stiffened him up like a board, took the soul away from him and finished him up against the cage. That was a big highlight. Otherwise, fastest knockout of the night from Chaos Williams, whose name I'm looking at on Google right now apparently is actually Kalin Williams. So I guess Chaos Williams is just the name that he goes by. And Kalin is his real name. Didn't know that until just now. But he took Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. <laughs> Try saying that fast five times. Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, Abdul I can't even say it. I'm going to try it again. I'm sorry. This is annoying, but I got to do it. Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Fuck me. Oops. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm not going to try to say that again. Because now I'm, I apologize for everyone out there with those beautiful virgin ears that didn't want to have to hear me swear. I apologize. Um, Abdul Razak Alazan was knocked straight out. By Chaos Williams in 30 seconds with a wicked right hand. And it was actually pretty well set up as well. Chaos fainted with his right. Then I think he fainted with the left. I don't think he actually threw the left. And came through with the right hand again. Landed dead smack on the chin. And the sound that it made honestly was inhuman. It didn't sound like he hit a human head. It sounded like he hit an object. That is how much power was in this punch. Knocks this guy clean out. He clatters to the canvas. Chaos leaps on top of him and gives him another one for good measure, game bread style. Impressive. Impressive to say the least. And of course we had Rafael Dos Anjos fighting Paul Felder. Now, this fight was actually pretty good. I mean, I enjoyed it. 
I wish there wasn't as much cage cage humping, but you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes sometimes you get a cage hump here and there. Um and honestly, it's ironic that Rafael dos Anjos took that approach because that is how like all of his opponents in the past have managed to beat him, just wrestling him to death, whether it be Colby Covington or Kamaru Usman. People just wrestle him into the ground, and, and, and then that's it. He did the exact same thing, but to Paul Felder. So, sort of ironic. In any case, Paul Felder actually did pretty well. I mean, he was getting the better of Dos Anjos, I think, on the feet, which is why Dos Anjos tied him up so much. Dos Anjos was making pretty good moves and landing uh shots fairly well the jab especially but i think that he knew that he was a little bit outclassed on the feet so he decided to take it to the ground <clears throat> can i just say that i don't think paul felder wants to fight i actually don't think he wants to fight i don't know if he just thinks he wants to fight before the fight starts and then when the fight is actually happening he hates it but it just seems to me like paul felder almost half wants to fight and half doesn't. And I'm going to tell you why I think this, okay? When you hear him commentating, a lot of the time you can hear him talking about his own experience in the cage and almost regretting getting into the cage. Like, you can hear him talking and saying stuff like, ladies and gentlemen, you don't understand how fatiguing this is. At this point in the third round, your legs are tired, your face hurts, your body hurts, you're asking yourself, why am I doing this? <laughs> Apparently, Paul asks himself why he's doing this in the middle of the fight. Right? Apparently. Now, there's also video of Paul Felder getting stitched up after the fight, talking about the clinch game and how he feels safer there. So he doesn't want to unclinch, even though it would have been beneficial for him. Because he doesn't want to get punched in the face. Pun quote, plunged in my bloody face again. It just seems to me that Paul Felder like almost wants to fight, but not really. It's very strange. The final nail in the coffin, I think, though, is when you watch the fight and Paul gets cut open. And he touches his forehead in the fourth round. And you can see him acknowledge it, but not in a way where he's like, oh, okay. He went away where he's like, ah, damn it, I'm cut. At the end of that round, he goes back to sit down on the chair. And he makes this noise, like this sigh, this moan of agony. Like he cannot wait for the fight to be over. And his coach is trying to reassure him. He's like, you can do this, man. You can do this. It makes me think that Paul is not really game for it. I mean, he's game in that he'll go out there and fight. But I don't think he's game in the way where he wants to do this anymore. It just doesn't seem like he's interested in fighting. And I don't know, like, am I the only one who feels this way? There's got to be somebody else out there who sees this. Anyways. What else is going on in the world? So, apparently, we've got Donald Cowboy Cerrone planning to drop down to lightweight and make another run. 
Now, he says that he is basically doing this because he doesn't want to look back and regret it. Um, and that all he's going to do is buckle down, take things very seriously, make the weight, which is hard to make for him, and fight. That's his plan. But, uh, he doesn't want to look back and be like, man, I should have gave it a try, is basically what he said. And Donald Cerrone, how old is Donald Cerrone, Donald Cerrone now? 37. He's 37 years old. And he's lost four of his last five fights. Now. My opinion on this has, has, has sort of transitioned as time has gone on. Donald Cerrone, I think the wise thing for him to do would be to retire. That's what I think the wise thing for him to do would be. Because he's already done so much, he doesn't have to prove anything else. You know what I mean? He's got 36 wins, he's got 15 losses... He's already done more than enough. And in a sport where you take punches to the head for a living, you know, maybe it's time to just hang him up. That's just because it would be wise. Not because he can't fight. Because he lost to Tony Ferguson based on a doctor's stoppage. Not to say that he was going to win that fight. But he lost that fight based on a doctor's stoppage. All right. He lost to Justin Gaethje via knockout. Okay. He lost to Conor McGregor via knockout. Okay. But can I just say before we move on, these guys are championship level tier fighters. All three of the guys I just mentioned. One is a former champion. Two were interim champions. Then he lost the decision to Anthony Pettis. That he actually fought pretty well in. And Anthony Pettis is also a former champion. And then he had a draw versus a contender in Nico Price. These people that he's fighting are no joke. Do I think he's about to make a run at the title? No. But do I think he needs to retire right now? No. He doesn't need to retire. It would just be smart to. It would just be smart to recognize that you're trending down. And that even though you're facing good competition, it's only a matter of time before you actually have to retire. And you don't want to find out that you have to retire when you're knocked unconscious. You don't want to be Anderson Silva in your last fight. No offense to Anderson Silva. But that's just a thought, you know. Perhaps he should consider hanging it up just for his own good. And because he's already done more than enough. 
But if he decides not to hang it up, I don't see it as something that is the worst decision in the world. We've seen Daniel Cormier have a championship title fight at 40 years old. You know what I mean? We've seen Glover Teixeira at, what is it? How old is he? I think 41 on a five-fight winning streak. His age has nothing to do with it. Now, I think dropping down to lightweight is a horrible idea because dropping down to lightweight is going to definitely mean that he's going to be depleted and easier to knock out if he was to be knocked out. But if I think but I think if he's fighting people who are in like the top 15, he's probably going to be okay. He's probably going to be okay. Let's be real here. This is still Donald Cowboy Cerrone. He doesn't have to retire. I just think it would be smart to quit while he's ahead. Some people quit way before they have to. Some people jump out of there like Henry Cejudo. And other people stay in there too long like Anderson or Chuck Liddell. But I think that Donald is is, is really just like on the edge. He's on the edge of, of, of being a bit too done in by all these fights that he's had but he's not quite there yet I mean his last fight was a draw and it was with somebody who's pretty damn good so I don't think he needs to retire just yet now John Jones has been going off on Twitter I think he's just fed up. I think he's mad because Israel Adesanya is, is, is in his ear. I think he's mad because Habib took his spot as the pound-for-pound pound number one. I think he's mad because the entire MMA community, to be honest with you, doesn't have a whole lot of respect for John. I mean, we know who John is, and we know that John is good, quote-unquote, depending on how you feel about him and drugs. But we don't really respect John all that much. And he's been out here on Twitter saying stuff like, ask any steroid user you know if they would be able to win fights in the UFC for over a decade. Ask them if they could out-wrestle Olympians. Now, first off, I'd just like to point out that with John Jones' build, you could definitely out-wrestle an Olympian if you were taking steroids, I think. But that's also, you know, me just speculating that because John wrestled at some point and I think it was college I think he wrestled in college I know that he was a wrestler that he's at the level of an Olympian all I'm saying is John Jones was not an Olympic wrestler and somehow he managed to out wrestle an Olympian now John that could have a lot to do with your size and your build um, and if you took steroids then it would definitely have a lot to do with your size and your build but anyways, he says that. Uh, and he starts responding to a bunch of people who have uh, made tweets about, uh, tweets about him. And he starts throwing shots out at everybody. How about your good buddy Chael, a known steroid user? How did that work out for him? Let's see what else. Daniel, wishing wishing down on my star will never make yours climb any higher. I'll leave you with that. He's posting stuff like this. Some guy makes a, a note. 
Penn and Barrow, eight and one po- uh, prior to USADA, two and seven post USADA. Johnny Hendricks, twelve and three prior to USADA, one and five after USADA. Chris Weidman, the list goes on and on. And then it's John Jones, fifteen and zero before USADA, after USADA, sixteen and zero, which is clearly proof that John Jones wasn't using drugs. <laughs> this one though. This one is the one that gets me. UFC president Dana White is ready to put John Jones back into the octagon, though it won't be this year. In a prepared, in a prepared statement, White agreed with an independent arbitrator's, arbiters, arbitrator's opinion that Jones didn't knowingly cheat and pinned his positive test on a contaminated supplement. White added, the science completely supports that finding. The science doesn't lie, so I look forward to getting him back in, uh, getting him back early next year. Look, now that, that right there, and I don't know where he got this from, which is why I'm sort of, uh, sort of confused. I kind of want to know where he got this. Hold on, let me just read this. You saw this announcement of John Jones suspension has as well as a public record of the arbitrator's decision state the former two-time UFC heavy heavyweight champion provided substantial assistance to USADA. As a result, he received a 30-month reduction in his potential punishment even before proceeding began in a written statement provided to MMA Junkie in response to Coward's interview. USADA spokesperson Daniel Eric cited rule blank whatever 10.6.11 she also repeated the agreement that Jones reduction is contingent on his continued cooperation okay never mind I don't know why that guy posted that to John Jones it doesn't seem like you could prove that John Jones statement was wrong with that but anyways that right there if it's legitimate and it's from like a like an actual article that is like reputable because I can't really tell where the screenshot is from this is a vague screenshot but uh that is the the closest thing i can get to, to to seeing things from john's point of view that is the first time that i was like you know what maybe this guy didn't cheat <laughs> maybe he didn't maybe he didn't maybe bony over here actually uh actually did have all of this success and it's just interesting to me that like the greatest fighter of all time would also be like one of the most disliked fighters of all time it's just interesting to me how that works like let's just let's just say for us for a second here let's just oh sorry that you guys saw all of my stuff there let's just say (laughs) let's just say for a second right that John Jones actually did not cheat at all. And that he actually is indeed the greatest fighter of all time. Wouldn't it be so hilarious if that was the case? Because he'll never get the credit for it. I mean, it's like, people say that like god has a, a cruel sense of humor and honestly i think that had have that would have to be the cruelest sense of humor you could have you are legitimately the greatest at something and you will never be recognized for it 
that's brutal. That's like... <laughs> if that is true, I know that this bothers John every single day. Like, Daniel Cormier's worst nightmare is the fact that he was never really the best definitively in any division. He was a champion, but he was never really the champion of the light heavyweights or the heavyweights in the sense that he never consistently showed that he was better than the guys at the top of that division. Daniel Cormier goes to sleep every night fearing that John Jones is going to pop out from under his bed, okay? Or that Stipe Miocic is going to step out of his closet. But John Jones goes to bed at night fearing the fact that he will never ever have a legacy that is unmarred. Either that or honestly at this point I think that John Jones has accepted that his legacy will never be unmarred. And that's why he's just roasting people on Twitter now because he's like, you know what, I'm sick of this. If you don't believe me, if you don't trust me, then F U C <laughs> F-U-C-K-K-K-K-K-K-K. All of y'all. Because I know what I did, and, and if you don't believe me, then you don't believe me. Which, that'd be sad if that's true, man. I mean, I would feel really bad if I found out that he actually never actually did cheat. The problem is that John Jones is also the same guy who does cocaine and drives drunk with DUIs. So I don't really trust anything he says. <laughs> that's the problem. If it wasn't for that, it's like you you could at least at least say, well, you know what, maybe he's just being falsely accused of this thing. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy to do that. But he totally does seem like the kind of guy to do that. Like if you're going to snort cocaine nights before a fight, like why wouldn't you do steroids? If you're going to lie to police officers about driving drunk, as a grown ass man, like you don't care about human life. Why would you care about cheating in a, in a sport? You know, that's my thought process on the whole thing. Speaking of doping, Jesse Ronson got a 20-month suspension for testing positive. Uh, he tested positive for metandinone. This guy literally just had his first fight in the UFC, and now he's been suspended for 20 months. Talking about this guy right here. Choked out. Choked out Dalby. Can't remember his name. His first name. Sam Dalby or something. But this guy has sworn that he's like, he didn't know that he had this uh, metandinone in his, um, in his system. Says, it is with great surprise and sadness that I have to inform you that I have received a suspension from USADA for detection of a banned substance in my sample provided to them during an out of competition test. This has turned my world upside down as it it's a 20 month suspension. I have been slept much and have been sick to my stomach 
as I would never knowingly or purposefully take a banned substance. Now, this is not like the kind of statement that I've heard John Jones make. Or if John Jones has made statements like this, he's never, I've never heard them or seen them. You know what I mean? But I imagine that this has got to be what it must feel like for John Jones. Like if 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 this guy right here, Jesse Ronson, really didn't take any steroids or any drugs or anything like that. Because, I mean, the way that he worked, he sounds there, I believe the guy. And he also paid $1,000 out of pocket to have a supplement tested to find out whether or not it was tainted. Now, it wasn't tainted, but he couldn't test all of the other supplements that he had because he had finished those ones. Now, I don't know if you pay $1,000 out of pocket to make yourself not look guilty, but I just feel like there's some honesty there. Which brings me to my next point. If you're an athlete, okay, and you take supplements, you should always leave a little bit of the supplement. Always. You should always you should just have a room full of almost empty supplement containers and labeled by month and year and all that. Just in case just in case somebody's like, "Hey, I need a sample of this real quick." Cuz the fact that there are these these anabolic steroids in supplements, I mean, it's unacceptable on the on the part of the people who actually make these supplements first hand, first off. But it's really a bummer. It is a killer for all of these fighters who are just trying to do the best that they can, making little to no money, putting their body on the line. This guy literally just made it in the UFC, and now he's suspended for almost two full years. I mean, god damn. Two full years. That is a lot of a fighter's career that is like eight fights you could make a run at the title in that time i mean it's absolutely ruthless this is really funny i want to watch this with you guys <laughs> You're Mike Perry? Yes, sir. Pleasure to meet you. Let's roll. How was the fight? It wasn't bad. Yeah? Yeah, it was great for me. I, uh, I joined the club. Anyways, uh, oh, Mike. Oh, he's so himself. It's just great. Okay, if you didn't hear what he said, the guy asked him, he was like, how was your flight? And Mike was like, it, it was great for me. I, uh, I joined the club. <laughs> and he's got his girlfriend. He's got his pregnant girlfriend with him. He's talking about the Mile High Club, man. He, he got jiggy with his pregnant girlfriend on the plane over. And uh, he felt the need to tell this stranger that. That is the most Mike Perry thing <laughs> that he could possibly do. Mike Perry continues to find ways to shock people with his behavior. I don't know how he, he continues to, he, he does it. 
every once in a while when he's not doing something crazy like punching old people and driving up on his mother's house, he does something really funny like this, and it makes me happy that Mike Perry is Mike Perry. You know what I mean? You get you get the bad Mike Perry sometimes, but every once in a while you get the good Mike Perry, and that is always a treat. That is always a good time. So we got uh, a couple fights coming up. Apparently, Max Holloway is going to be fighting Calvin Cater. Now, Max Holloway is obviously the person who wins this fight, in my personal opinion. If we're going to go with straight striking, Max Holloway has hung five full rounds with people like Dustin Poirier. Max Holloway outstruck and dominated Volkanovski, in my personal opinion. Now, while Calvin, Calvin Cater is long and powerful, I think that Max Holloway would have made the necessary adjustments since the Dustin Poirier fight to take that fight. If Max Holloway loses this fight, I believe he loses based on... I mean, he actually he could get knocked out. I'm not even going to lie to you. If he loses this fight, he could get knocked out simply because Calvin Cater is very long uh, and and powerful, and Max likes to lean up, like lean forward. So if you're fighting a striker who is long and powerful, and you lean forward like that, you're gonna get tuned. But the safe bet, the safe bet is Max. I mean, this is the guy. This is blessed Holloway. You know what I mean? This guy has won countless fights in a row, like twelve fights in a row. The guy won thirteen fights in a row. The guy won. Um. So he's a former champion and in, he arguably won his last fight. I mean, that's the guy who I'm going for. I think Max wins this fight. Stylistically, this fight isn't very good for Max based on like the head game and striking in terms of grappling and stuff like that. It's good. But I think that He's going to get hit a lot more in this fight just because the way that Max Holloway throws punches sort of necessitates that he's going to be walking into a lot of long shots. That being said, I still think he's going to be able to win this fight. I don't think he's going to finish Calvin Cater, though. Calvin Cater is a tough man. He seems tough. So we're going to go for Max here. That's what I think. We also got Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman, and I'm taking Chris Weidman on this one. Chris Weidman has wrestling that he can rely on. Uh, Uriah Hall, as far as I know, does not. Um, which, you know what, I should probably do more research on that. I'm not entirely sure now that I think about it, but I don't believe that Uriah Hall is a wrestler. His ears definitely don't lie. He doesn't look like he's a wrestler to me. Um... He's got power, and Chris Meidman has been knocked out by Dominic Reyes. Um, so we know that his chin, while maybe not compromised at this point, is definitely a vulnerability, and Uriah Hall does have uh, knockout power. But Uriah Hall, as far as I know, as far as I've seen, does not have the kind of knockout power that is going to end that fight very quickly. If he knocks Chris Weidman out, it's going to be later in the fight. Which leads me to believe that if Chris Weidman gets peppered at all, 
gets in danger at all, he's going to go for the takedown, and I think he's going to get it. I think he's going to get the takedown. And because of that, I see Weidman winning this fight. Not only that, but Weidman won their first fight. So if you're going just based off of the fight that they had years ago when neither of them were in the UFC, you're thinking that Weidman is going to finish him. <laughs> I don't think that Weidman is going to finish him. I think he's going to grind him out and take it on points. Uh, all the same, uh, he's going to win the fight, man. He's going to win that fight. Um, I don't watch the Contender Series that often. I do watch the Contender Series, but I don't watch it in anticipation of talking about it on my podcasts. If you guys want me to uh, take a gander at that a little bit more and talk about what I see on the Contender Series, just let me know in the comments down below or send me a message on my social media. And uh, we might try to work some some contender series uh, shows into the podcast. In any case, that's it for tonight, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. If you made it to this point, you're awesome. Combat Addict out.